Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are in our longing series, and today's sermon is titled, Mo Money, Mo Problems. The question I have for you all before we get started is, what is your first memory about money? memories uh, with money were when I was in the car with my parents and then we would drive by McDonald's and I would say, can we go to McDonald's? And they would ask, do you have McDonald's money? Yes. For a while, I feel like I thought McDonald's money was a specific type of money. Like, where do you get McDonald's money? I don't know. Um, jokes on them now because they're like, when are we going to get grandkids? And I'm like, do you have grandkids money? <laughs> That brings us to Luke 18. (laughs) A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. <laughs> like, you have everything I have? Um, <clears throat> Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, then who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, was impossible with man is possible with God. All right, so um, this is the first Sunday of Lent, like Corey said, and we'll be going through um, talking about longing for all of Lent. And Lent, in some original language, I think it's Latin, but maybe it's Greek, and it doesn't really matter because no one here probably is going to know if it's Greek or Latin. Uh, but it just means slow, right? This is our time. This is a season in the liturgical calendar to pause, to be intentional, and to be thoughtful about our life. And our money and wealth and riches and things that we have is certainly something worth slowing down to be intentional about. The thing about money... Um, It's just wild because it is one of the most divisive things um, in our world. And there's a study that shows that the bigger the the wealth gap in a community, the less satisfied the people who live there are, right? So if you've lived in a community where everyone's rich or everyone's poor, you're more likely to feel more satisfied in life, uh, unless, except if you live in a place like LA where you have thousands and thousands of people who live on the streets, and then you have, like, celebrities. Like, we literally live in a city where there's less satisfaction all around because the wealth gap is so big, right? And the fascinating thing about this passage is he talks about 
this rich young ruler, and almost everyone, at least in my experience with this passage growing up in church, does one of two things. They feel like they are rich, so they ignore it, and then the rest of us are like, <laughs> well, I'm definitely not as rich as that guy, so this, is, this isn't about me. Um, but I think what's good about this is to realize that when Jesus is saying these things in the, in the New Testament, he's not trying to create a new law. Like, we're done with the law. Jesus is saying, okay, you asked about this kingdom reality, I'll tell you. And then it says the man was sad, and then he went with Jesus. So it's not this all or nothing, like sell everything you have now, or you can't come with me, or you can't be with me. It's about reshaping the way we think about things. Because again, remember that Jesus always talks about the kingdom as what? As in our midst. So Jesus is telling this person, the wealth that you have, the things that you have, the way you have a relationship with the things that you own is hindering you from being here right now and experiencing the fullness of the freedom and the peace of the kingdom that is in your midst. And then Jesus takes it a step further and says, how hard it is for a rich person to get into heaven. And then just thinks of the hardest thing on the top of his head, apparently. That feels like it was a blind word association. He's like, it's like, um, like a camel. It's <laughs> like Jesus as a 90s stand-up comedian. What else? What else? Um, a camel going through the eye of the needle. And here's why this is wild. Because in Jewish culture at that time, and low-key in our culture right now, riches were associated with blessing. So it is a shocking statement for Jesus to be like, you want to know how hard it is for the blessed people to get into the kingdom, right? It's nearly impossible, which is wild for the audience to be hearing, right? Because it's like, if the people who are blessed aren't even going to get in, my broke ass really isn't going to get in, right? <laughs> but what Jesus is saying is, Maybe the riches aren't the sign of blessing. Maybe that is something hindering them from seeing the kingdom reality that is in their midst. So while he's also trying to reshape the way they're seeing money and riches and wealth, he's also trying to double down on this idea of kingdom as being in their midst. It's not about if you give 10% of your money to the church or if you do these things or if you follow a law, then at the end of the day, you will go to a different place called heaven. He's saying, if you want to understand right now your interactions with the wealth that you have and how that impacts the poor people in our community, then you might be able to understand and live in the freedom and peace and wholeness and maturity that I'm calling you to in your midst, which is a very different conversation and a conversation that we don't like to have. As I was reading this, I was like, I've literally never heard a sermon preached on this passage. Um, I've heard a lot of sermons preached on a lot of things Jesus said, but not about the rich. And here's the tricky part um, about a conversation like this is rich is relative. Right? Like when I was in college, anyone who went to the movie theater, movie theater and got food from the movie theater, <laughs> I was like, you're rich. <laughs> I have food from the calf that I put in my jacket. <clears throat> and now I'm a person who can go to the movie theater and get food from the movie theater, but I'm like, I'm not rich, <laughs> right? The needle keeps moving, right? Because the other reality is we live in LA. A lot of people in this room probably have debt, 
And not a lot of people in this room probably feel like they're very rich. I know what it's like to be a person who is so stressed out about money that I wake up in the middle of the night just like, what am, what am I going to do, right? Like the needle's always moving on how much money you need to have to be content, right? And I don't want to act like we don't live in a world where not having money stresses me out so much and I just feel better when I have more money. I'm not going to act like that's not a true statement. And then I hear something like this, and my tendency is to feel one of two ways, right? That I'm not rich or this doesn't apply to me. And the other way is, well, I'm going to kind of ignore it because I feel like Jesus is asking us to be like, have one shirt that's made out of burlap and be like Shane Claiborne, if you know who he is. Um, and maybe neither of them are completely true. Because what I love about this passage is Jesus tells this man to sell everything he has and give it to the poor, and then he gets sad because he has a lot, and then the conversation keeps going. So in this season of Lent, we're talking about longing, and something I talked about on Ash Wednesday was the difference between knowing what you're longing for and knowing and realizing what you're giving yourself, Right? Realizing what you're longing for and what you're giving yourself, we talked about this quote uh, from Teresa of Avila that we find God in ourselves and we find ourselves in God. And if that's true, then our longings and the things that we long for deeply, deep within ourselves, come from God. And I think we have these longings of peace and freedom and wholeness and this gospel and kingdom truth that Jesus talks about again and again and again, specifically within regards to our money and the things that we do, but then we give ourselves something completely different. We give ourselves this scarcity mentality, right? That there's never enough and we need to hoard. We give ourselves um, the, the idea that we're doing it alone. We give ourselves cheap things. We feel bad about how much money we don't have, so we spend money. It's so weird how it works. Right? Um, <clears throat> has anyone just felt sad about how much money they didn't have, so then they bought something to make themselves feel better? <laughs> I'm like, how does this make sense? I'm like, I'm just sad because I'm poor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which is, it's, it's also, it's so funny to me how much I, Pretend like my finances are completely disassociated with my feelings, you know? Like there's, I have a spiritual life and I have this part of me that can do all these things and this like emotional, like emotionally healthy person and I'm this like, and then I have like my money, right? <laughs> and I just pretend like they're not connected. Um, and they are so connected. They are so connected with the contentment and the freedom and the peace and whether I feel like I'm contributing to the kingdom, whether I feel like I'm contributing to this upside down reality where last are first and poor are taken care of and rich people sell things they have to give. And if I don't feel like I'm contributing to that, I try to numb myself in different ways by spending the very thing that I feel like could help contribute to the kingdom. It's so confusing, right? If you've ever had a conversation with someone about money, if you ever try to share money with someone, um, it gets even more confusing because you don't even know where these feelings are coming from. <clears throat> Sammy and I were listening to a podcast a couple months ago called The Armchair Expert. Um, yeah. Some, so Dax Shepard, he's like a kind of famous actor. Um, <laughs> I don't even say that jokingly because I, I can't even think of anything he's been in. So he's like, <laughs> but I know his name. Um, 
He has, a, he has a podcast, and he had Ashton Kutcher on his podcast, and they're friends. He's another pretty famous actor, but they're both married to more, I think, successful actors. So, like, the double income, like, situation in their homes is, is wild, right? So Dax Shepard and Ashton Kutcher are on this podcast, and they're both, they've both been wildly successful. They are what people who move to LA and want to act mostly aspire to. They married someone else who's successful. They've like reached the peak. Now Ashton Kutcher is like an investment guru. Um, and so they're having all these conversations about investments and business and things they've been able to do. And then there's this funny moment in the podcast where they're like, bro, you know what? That's how they talk. Um, <laughs> I think the best time in my life was when there were seven of us living in that one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica, going to audition to audition, not knowing if we were gonna make it. He was like, yeah, bro, wasn't that awesome? And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome now, but it wasn't awesome then. And here's what a skewed view of wealth and our resources uh, forces us to do, right? It creates a context where you can't be present here. And when you're over here, you can't be present here either because you're just thinking about how good it was over there. So when you have no money, you're thinking about what? How good it's going to be when you have money. When you have money, you're thinking about what? How uncomplicated things were when you didn't have money, right? And what Jesus is saying is the kingdom reality forces you to be present. And you can't be present when you are longing for something but giving yourself something else. You can't be present when you are sitting in a place but hoping that you're going to be in a different place, when you're sitting somewhere but remembering that it was better when you were somewhere else. If you want to be a part of this kingdom reality, right, you have to be willing to be present. And being present means asking yourself some hard questions. Again, this isn't about creating a new law. I'm not saying right now everyone empty all the money in your wallets and just give it to the next person you see, right? or that if you don't give exactly 10% or some weird thing like that, I'm saying if you are not asking yourself hard questions about um, what you're longing for and what you're giving yourself in regards to your money, it's going to be really hard to be present and be a part of the kingdom reality that Jesus is creating. And what that means for you, I don't know, because all of this is relative. The conversation about money sometimes feels like the conversation about sex that I had in youth group. And the only question, <laughs> right, <who> like, <laughs> the only question anyone ever had when we talked about sex in youth group was what? How far is too far? Like, I don't want to create, like, a, a reasonable sexual ethic. I don't want to, like, know. I just want to know, like, what's the most I can do without going to hell, right? And then I'll just do that. I'll stop there. When we talk about money, you know, it's kind of like, how much wealth can I agree accumulate before I'm just like a greedy mofo? I'll just work really hard to get to that, and then once I get there, I'll start giving some away, right? Like, how nice of a car can I have before people look at me sideways, right? Like, I'll get the nicest, but like a lower. We do these things, right? We treat this conversation the same, and it's just like a how far is too far, right? I say all the time, if I was Oprah, I'd be so generous. But I'm like, but I'm me. <laughs> I'm already me now. How am I living? Because we live in a city that has 
like people sleeping on streets and people who have the most wealth like literally in our world, we find ourselves giving ourselves a pass out of this conversation because we, weren't, we aren't either. In reality, we're all invited into this conversation. This conversation asks us to, uh, requires us to ask ourselves some more difficult converse, uh, questions about our finances, about what we're longing for, what we're giving ourselves. It forces us to be present. And that's not wild. It's not extreme. It's not some crazy new laws. It's saying your money, the things that you own, they have just as much an impact on your presentness in this kingdom as everything else in your life. And if you're not taking stock of where you are, how you're feeling about that and what you're doing, asking yourself some hard questions, even though you're not Oprah, right? You're you already. And that means something, we have something, right? So with that, we're gonna get back in our groups and you can answer this question. What are you longing for financially? What are you really longing for, okay? And what is one step you can take to get there? Grab the same three or four people and enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.